Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I've also got an Instagram, I Love That Movie Podcast, and we've got a Patreon. The show's always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. It's at patreon.com slash I Love That Movie. And I want to take a quick moment to thank my top patrons, Chris Balga, Jeff Woodman, and Michael Cross. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. I really appreciate it. And if you sign up, you get a little bonus episode where I just kind of ramble for 20 minutes about all the fun stuff that I've been watching that week. You know, since we're all stuck inside, I'm watching quite a few things this week, so we have a lot of fun on there. Um... We've also got a Teespring in case you want I Love That Movie swag, a Discord, and a Facebook group. And last thing I want to plug is that weekly right now we're doing a quarantine movie watch. So uh, this is on our Facebook group. You can find all the information there. But basically every week um, on Saturday at 8 p.m. we all press play at the same time. And then we chat in real time in a little group chat about the movie. Uh, This week we're doing uh, National Treasure, but it changes every week. So join us on there if you want to. And as always, guys, please uh, rate the show and mention this to a new friend. Uh, just helps new listeners find us. Um, so I have a new guest with me here today. I have Travis with the Geekverse podcast. Say hi, Travis. Hi, how are you doing today? <laughs> Good. Well, um, you are a first timer on this show. So if you wanted to take a couple quick minutes, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, so as you said, my name's Travis, so that that's a good thing. I I, I like the name, so I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I host Geekverse Podcast. We've been doing that in July. It's our fifth year anniversary. Wow. It's, it's, yeah, we were just talking about before when we were recording, how, like talking about lengths of podcasts. And, it, and it is, it's all, it's crazy to think that this has been half a decade of my life. Like, it literally, wow. even, even at four years, it didn't feel like that. But now at five, it's like, oh my God, that's half of 10 years. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we we're, we've been doing that, so that's a fun time. We do tons of stuff. We review. It's kind of in the title, Geek First. We talk movies, video games, uh, TV, news, trailers, things like that. So uh, yeah, subscribe there. We've kind of been doing uh, kind of retros. What we do is our patrons have been selecting a movie. So there's a lot of movies that I have. I had watched Dragon Ball for the first time in my life. I'd never watched anything, but because patrons had suggested, because there's no, as you've probably realized, there's no new movies out. So we've been <laughs> taking requests like, what should we review? What should we talk about? So. That's been fun. And then also June 1st, which Lisa's going to be a part of. We're really excited. We're launching a Yay. podcast network. It's going to have uh, six shows, five days a week. There's going to be a, a variety of stuff. So that, just go to uh, Twitter. or Facebook. Just go to my personal Twitter or go to Geek First Twitter, and all that links are there. Or uh, the Geek, uh, Geek Ultimate Alliance. I guess I should actually plug the name of the network, which is the <laughs> GUA Pod Network. And, uh, yeah, all the details are there. We're really excited. Uh, there's going to be lots of good people joining it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about uh, talking about this movie because I was uh, very excited to, uh, be on the show because I've listened to it. I uh, found you through Chris and I've enjoyed the oh, show awesome. quite a bit. So mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, um, yeah, so each week, if this is your first time listening, my guest always chooses the movie. So a lot of times people go, when are you going to cover this? Actually, you get to choose. <laughs> so, uh, Travis, what movie did you choose to review today? I picked About Time. Hmm. And okay, I, I can't wait to dive into this because when you selected it, I, I'm just going to admit right off the bat, I had not seen this movie mm-hmm. and um, I didn't know what it was going to be about. Um, this came out in 2013 and I think in my mind, I kind of thought, and actually I haven't seen this either, but I sort of lumped this in with like the time traveler's wife. 
Because she's in that 100%. too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she's in okay. that. And then she's also in Midnight in Paris, which has Owen Wilson that travels back in time as well. So it's like a, oh, wow. and if you want to count <laughs> Doctor Strange. So she has That's like a true. genre. <laughs> she has a genre of love interests that time travel, but she never does. So I'm waiting. The fifth movie has to be the one where she's the time traveler. It has to happen. So. <laughs> Seriously. So tell me a little bit about your history with this movie. Like when did you first see it? So I did see it in theaters. This was, I was similar though, I had no idea, never saw a trailer. The only reason I had seen it is because uh, my fiance now, and she's the mother of my two children. This was the first, wow. kind of a year into us dating, and she was a big fan of Love Actually. And I had never seen okay. Love Actually. as I had never seen that as well, so I'd watch it. I quite enjoy Love Actually. It's not like one of my all-time favorites, but I think it's a good, solid, romantic Christmas movie. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, sure, let's go see a movie, because we see enough comic book movies, and she loves those too, but... The this was the other reason why it's kind of special is because we used to have this theater. I live in Canada. I live in Kelowna, BC. It's kind of like three hours away from Vancouver. People probably know Vancouver more than Kelowna. And they had this theater called the Paramount. And this was a theater that played kind of the more smaller independent movies. It's oh, no longer okay. there. It's a Tim Hortons now. So it's very sad to look over and see it's just like a coffee shop. So, But <laughs> before, it was always this kind of theater. And you could tell every time you went there, it was just looking more run down. You could tell they're going to close. This was the last movie I ever saw there, actually. So it wow. was kind of, yeah, so it was a bunch of things. So it's sad in that way, but I kind of always link it to, I saw it with her. She really wanted to see it. And then with the Paramount being kind of the last movie I saw in this independent theater. And I had no idea. So obviously we're going to get into what happens. But when the kind of the big plot point was revealed, I was like, wow, we're taking this sci-fi twist. I just thought it was a romantic comedy. I had no idea because I had not really looked into it. Just that I'm, I love movies. I'm down to see it. And uh, yeah, I can say, like, trying not to be hyperbolic, but I think it's my favorite kind of romantic comedy or maybe just a movie about life in general it's a movie that like mm -hmm. you said you hadn't seen many people haven't seen it was kind of i feel like very under the radar it's a movie that i, th I think didn't have a massive opening but it's a movie that i think really is good and reflects upon life and just makes you kind of think about things in a different way or maybe just gets you to rethink about them maybe you kind of need a refresher on maybe especially now we kind of talked about this movie Right now, times are in a very strange place, and I think this movie is a perfect movie to watch because it does kind of remind you to really savor the little things. And then hopefully once we get back to that, just really savor them because you never know when life's going to change. But, uh, yeah, I saw it in theaters, and I loved it, and it's a movie that I think I've loved every more and more, and we'll get into it, but there's multiple reasons as why. I think it's just that my last point on it in the opening is just that sometimes you just feel like a movie's made and it's someone jumped into your mind and took mm -hmm. it from you and it's yes. on screen. And that's what this feels <laughs> like. And even throughout the years, it's gotten more and more personal for me. So how was it for the first time for you watching this? So I loved it. I was shocked. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, you know, romantic comedies are probably my weakest category. I think mm -hmm. I've talked about it a few times on the show, but it's not been my favorite genre. I usually stayed away from it. My impression of most rom-coms were that they're kind of goofy and silly yeah. and that you know unrealistic like unrealistic depictions of what men are like what women are like and what people are like in relationships that's just like a very general like you know statement that i had an assumption really but um because of the show i watch so many different movies it forces me to be more open-minded it, it it you know lends itself to trying to view this from someone else's perspective. So when you first suggested it, I thought, oh, okay, rom-com, I've, I've covered those before. That's fine. And there's been quite a few good ones. So, you know, maybe I've judged this too harshly. Like, let's, you know, see what it's about. And then I felt like about halfway through, the movie turns into something else. Like you said, it becomes a lot more science fiction, but also more, I, I guess the character's worldview gets a lot bigger and more complex mm -hmm. and you know in the beginning the character is just so focused on his love life that's like the only thing he can think about and then as he grows as a person um and as things change in his life his perspective dramatically changes and i think that that's okay because that's something that we all kind of go through in life i think you know we start out very I think me focused and then as we get older and we get more experience and things happen our worldview does change um so i thought that it was a really good film i didn't expect to be like crying at two o'clock oh, yeah. in the afternoon <laughs> i was like bawling and like we had we had our patio door open and i just kept imagining like our neighbors like seeing the screen and then seeing me like bawling and i was like i was like nick close the door <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I actually really loved it. And, you know, I've been telling my guests to pick something 
that, you know, gives you a warm fuzzy. Uh, just because of what's happening right now, we're mm-hmm. all kind of looking to entertainment to kind of cheer us up. I've noticed even on my, you know, when I'm not doing this, I'm, I tend towards older films. I've been watching happier stuff. And I'm somebody that loves drama, true crime, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. But I find that I'm looking more to happy stuff. This movie does have some deep moments um, and I don't want to take anything away from that. But I think overall, it makes you very optimistic about life. And so I think even though you may have some feels watching it, uh, I think that it's it's something that people should definitely check out. So those are my first impressions. And I've gotten this far. I need to summarize the movie really quick. <laughs> so I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and say it. So I want to start off by saying, guys, as always, if you have not seen this movie yet, I would pause and go watch it and come back if you don't want any spoilers, because we are going to talk probably spoilers uh, during this episode. So go ahead and check it out and then come back. But here is the uh, a quick summary of the film. At the age of 21, Tim discovers he can travel in time and change what happens and has happened in his own life. His decisions to make his world a better place by getting a girlfriend turns out not to be as easy as you might think. Well, and like you said, that sound, that does sound very rom-commy. It sounds like the whole movie is <laughs> going to be like that, right? It feels yeah. like the movie's going to end with he finally gets the girl. And that's not what happens. I love that it kind of happens maybe half an hour into the movie. And the biggest thing that I also should have mentioned in the opening, too, is I, and this is, uh, this, I'm somebody that inspires to be a screenwriter. I would like to oh, work cool. in film. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always wanted to, and this is where I say sometimes a movie just, plucking from your brain like that's exactly what i thought this movie when you're talking about the happiness and the sadness there is sadness but the movie is just really about life and it's the same way with just regular life that we have moments that no matter what are going to be sad whether it's someone passing whether it's an event something like this pandemic like it's just kind of a flow of life right and that's the other thing i love about with them as a couple is there's never a big breakup there's never this drama the most drama i have is the kids mess up her copyright and it turns into like a fun little fight you know there's never that moment where he has to win her back there's never that moment of deception which always happens in rom-com right where it's like you have the meet cue things are going great and then there's an ex comes back and they even like tease that with margot robbie that you think they're maybe going to go down that route i remember in the theaters being like uh, it's going to get really generic now because I, I thought that he was, uh, like you said, about spoilers, <laughs> I thought he was going to do something and then maybe go back. I was like, I don't want that. Like, this is something we've seen a few times, but just adding time travel. But I love that once they're together, they're together and it's just about the things, the mundane things in life. But that's the movie is showing how these things are mundane, but they're great if you really just stop to think about just this thing called life. And like you said, there are sad moments, but it's that's that's just what when something sad happens, something happy happens in return. You know, there's kind of a cause and effect. So I, I love that it is just a movie about a couple being a couple. You know, that's what I really enjoy. Yeah, and, and, and more than that, too, because it ends up ultimately being about his whole family. You know, his whole mm-hmm. family is pulled into this movie. And I really like that concept because I I think I, as I've gotten older, have become a lot more family focused than I ever thought I would be when I was, you know, in my 20s or early 20s. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's like, it's interesting how that happens. And I think that character kind of goes to that progression as well, where it starts out just being you know, about getting the girl, then it turns into, you know, the girl and the kids and then his dad and then his sister. Like, I think that's really heartwarming. Um, I guess my first clue that this would be maybe a little more complicated than just your average rom-com would be that it's written and directed by Richard Curtis, who, Mm -hmm. you know, also uh, wrote and directed Love Actually, Pirate Radio, and he wrote Four Weddings and a Funeral. So, you know, he's He's, he's got more complex emotions in his films, so that's always good. Yeah, and he uh, he wrote uh, oh I can't remember what is the name of that movie that just oh yesterday too that Beatles oh that's one. right you know the second this movie kicked up that is actually the comparison I had right away like my husband came in the room and he was like oh how's it going and I said you know what this is different than what I thought it was gonna be it reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of yesterday. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's kind of unfortunate because this movie is, and it's not for any big drama or anything, just after this movie said this is going to be the last movie he directs because he just says it's too much time on him, and oh, uh, funny enough, you can imagine this movie is about family, and he said that as the main reason of, he just said directing about time, and he's in love actually, but it, about time, he's like, I took so much time away, and it was really hard on me and my family, so obviously never say never, but as of right now, after this movie, he put out a stance of, I'm going to write and still be in the industry, but as far as directing... 
I'm kind of done with that. So it is one thing that I still appreciate we get to see him write, but uh, I, I, I love his stuff, because even Love Actually, which I think is a bit more of a bombastic romance, it, that one's very, I think there's moments in this movie that kind of go to that really bombastic love type of film like there's that one moment where mm-hmm. tim just sees charlotte and he's like look that was the love of my life that's not something we just say as people usually <laughs> that's true he's, and that's not a narration he says that to roger right? something that's the love of my life right there and it's like okay that's where usually in those big rom comes you get that and love actually kind of has those moments but i still think even love actually it has like a a certain different style and it that's one thing i always like about his films they feel very personal you know they feel mm-hmm. like his touch is on them so i think he's a, a great writer a great director and whatever he does I'm kind of always in tune to see, okay, even if I don't love it as much as the next one, I always kind of take something away from it. And this one is obviously my favorite movie of his. And I, like I said, it was very under the radar. I was not expecting to love this movie as much. And, uh, and and that's the other thing, too, about it being a rom-com. I think the time travel thing is I'm with you on rom-coms. I always say the other genre like that for me is action. I feel like with romantic comedies and action, so much has been done, right? Those are two of the, yeah, like, I'd say, yeah. like, those two and drama are those kind of pillars. And, and horror, but I think horror was a little less mainstream. And you can, get, you can get pretty weird with horror, but drama, romantic comedies, and action, they've been around forever. And it's just like, we've done so much with them. What more is there to do? And I love that there is a sci-fi element to this, but it doesn't completely engulf the film. It's there just when it feels it needs to be, especially as time travel. It happens a lot, but it doesn't just feel like it's just all that. It's uh, time travel, time travel. There's nice breaks in between of like watching the character grow and his life grow. So I like the use of it. Yeah. And, and the other thing I like about it, too, is sometimes I think we put certain genres in a box, like, for instance, with um, with time travel. Um, somebody in the group, I think it was Daniel Sanchez, he mentioned that, you know, it doesn't quite have, it, or he said, it's about the same as, like, Back to the Future in terms of its logic, don't think about it too hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I agree with him, although I think Back to the Future at least had more rules, right, <laughs> when it comes to time travel. But yeah. I also think that sometimes we focus a little too much on that. You know, people will write all this stuff about how it doesn't make sense, and then that impacts how they view the movie. He loved the movie, by the way, so I'm not saying that about him. But <laughs> I, I am thinking that sometimes we think that certain genres are like in a box, and like it needs to check all these time travel boxes. It has to make total sense, and they need to go into detail explaining how it works. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's just a story element, like it is in this movie, where... I don't want to think too hard about that part because that's not really the focus of the movie. Mm-hmm. And because it's kind of more like a parable. It's like a little more lighthearted than that. They make up a couple rules and then you go with them so that they can influence where the story goes. But we don't have to spend a whole lot of time worrying about the mechanics of his time travel. you know? Yeah, and I think that helps because with sci-fi, you bring it back to the future and that's a good one. But almost, or with time travel, but I feel like so much time travel nowadays is always it's very high stakes right so i think mm-hmm. when it's even these low stakes when it's just a life it's like you don't gotta break it down too much yeah technically you can go his dad could keep traveling back in time and really never pass away if you really wanted to break it down <laughs> but it's just like that doesn't get the enjoyment out of me and because i i think this was a big conversation when endgame came out of i don't think there's a single time travel movie where you couldn't poke one hole you know and, and it's right. the same way of like people go like well how does this work to me it's kind of the same way as life is certain times there's just certain moments of if you're meeting something or something happen some people believe that's like a religious thing or some people just believe that's kind of like a karma thing there's things in my life that i can't explain there's things in life where i can't explain where i'd be thinking of a oh i wish i'd listen to that song and then maybe 30 minutes on later it pops on the radio it's like that makes no sense my phone makes sense because it's like an evil machine but the radio (laughs) the dj didn't know i was thinking about like I, I, I want to listen to a whole lot of love right now, but it happens. So it's one of those things of like, why did that happen? And you just don't know, right? Life doesn't explain. Life is just a weird thing. Maybe it was just a coincidence. And that's kind of the way I sometimes look at time travel or things like that, where it's like, what what about this little rule there? It's like, well, we don't really know because that's, that's just how it is. And yeah, that may be a lame answer for somebody, but I think you just got to to enjoy it you 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 should and I, I agree with you i think the the rules are pretty simple it's just kind of you can go back to when you were alive don't change too much you know and uh don't go back to a certain point or things might really change for you and i think those rules are 
I think they're pretty laid out well, and I, I think they do a good job with them. And I, I like that. That I even like the reveal of it. I love the conversation between. I, I love the father and son connection in general oh, yeah. between this. Bill Niley is. I think he's a guy that just does not get talked about enough, and just his mm-hmm. work. I feel like he's a guy that when he passes away, a lot more people are going to look back and be like, "Wow, he really was a great actor." And not people are saying he's a bad actor. Just I feel like people don't talk about him, or you always see those lists of you know all oh, the twenty actors who've never been nominated or won an Oscar, and that's a guy that just doesn't appear on them and i just feel like he's just so flawless but the the i think that's the main thing is you the two relationships that need to work for obvious reasons are him and rachel mcadams and him and bill niley and i think from that first scene when he sits him down and talks to him about the time travel right there it works it feels like a father-son thing i think you mentioned about the family dynamic that's one thing I love about this movie. It captured the the weirdness of family because everybody's family is weird, but it's mm-hmm. like in a way where you try to describe it to somebody and they look like, okay, sure, I that's cool. Your family does this, but it's like, oh no, you don't get like I all the time try to explain my grandma's dry sense of humor. No one really gets it until they sit down in a room with her and be like, oh yeah, your grandma is a little off, but you know what? She's, <laughs> she's kind of fun. You know, I don't want to talk to her for a full hour because she'll talk my ear off. But that's what I think this movie really does is the romantic part very well, but the family just captures that. Just that family weirdness that only you know about your family, and it feels again very personal. So I, I love the relationship with him and the him and the father. I think they knocked that out of the park. Oh, for sure. And I had a couple quick facts, although we already mm-hmm. touched on one, uh, the one about Rachel McAdams being in so many time traveler movies yeah. <laughs> randomly, which is interesting because actually Zoe Deschanel was originally cast as Mary, but she dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Yeah, I saw that. I I think that would have been a very different type of relationship i i yes. like zoe deschanel but uh definitely not to the level i like rachel mcadams that was another reason why i was down to see this movie because rachel mcadams probably still is but at that time was one of my favorite actors i kind of have like this running gag on our podcast and every year i'm kind of like oh this is the <laughs> the actor of the year and to me right now i always say it's adam driver and lapita nolongo oh, yeah those are kind of my, my two but i think rachel mcadams there was a time that maybe i don't know if she was the actress of the year but she was in that conversation because if you look at her imdb she's done a lot of different things she's done this to wedding crashers to red eye to, she does academy work but then she does like raunchy comedies then she does like good morning like this little comedy with uh, harrison ford that's just about radio show hosts or whatever so she has a very different uh di- like uh, filmography but zoe deschanel that would have been that would have been quite different and i'm kind of happy it didn't happen because i feel like her big romantic movie is 500 days of summer you know so it's kind of one of those of not that you don't want to be in too much but i feel like everyone kind of has a landmark you know this is my stamp on it i think that was already her stamp so people maybe could have compared it or compared that chemistry to joseph gordon levitt so i like that uh i I like the way it ended up happening even though unfortunately she had to drop out yeah i think that if it was zoe that we would have had a movie more like yesterday like i could imagine zoe Mm -hmm. deschanel being the girlfriend in yesterday you know whimsical um young spirited and you know fun but i think that the mary character is a little bit more grounded and a little bit more serious Mm and and so i think it makes sense for it to be rachel mcadams she just has that the right flair for that kind of role so yeah i totally agree with you i you know i have nothing against zoe at all but i think that rachel mcadams was perfect in this part and we can tell because she keeps being a time traveler partner (laughs) yeah yeah, she's (laughs) she's the go-to so yeah um i also have that despite the film being set in england none of the three actors who play the main love interest in the film are actually english because Donald gleason is irish rachel mcadams is canadian and margot robbie is australian yeah and it's (laughs) it's so funny that you talk about that emma did you have any more trivia Oh, that, that, I'm, I'm all out of trivia. I'm okay. good. <laughs> but if you I, I just wanted to can, give a shout out yeah. to uh, Fiona Weir. She's the casting director on this. And it's oh, okay. she, it's so funny because I when this movie came out, Margot Robbie was not Margot Robbie. She was just, you know, an upcoming actress. And even someone like Vanessa Kirby, who's not blown up yet, but she's starting to. She was in the Queen. I, I think she was in the Queen. I don't watch show, but she's in the Fast Furious. She's in the Mission Impossibles. She started and she was one of the actresses rumored for Catwoman. She's becoming like a, a name in Hollywood. So even those mm-hmm 
used mm-hmm. to. And even Domhnall Gleeson, who I feel like this was kind of his breakout role. I'm a big fan of Domhnall Gleeson. Me I, too. Yeah, if if anyone is a real big fan, I mean, watch there's a show on HBO right now called uh, Run. It, it's not the best show in the world, but he's really great. And he gets to use his natural accent. And anytime he gets to do that, it's just... He has a wonderful fit. accent. Oh, like, yeah. He, we never get to hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. They should stop writing him to be English or British. And just let him use the accent. It doesn't matter. Rewrite the character. It's great. But I just think she did a great job of, one, I think the characters all fit with Bill Nye and Rachel McAdams and those families. But just kind of finding some diamonds in the rough to me, in my opinion, with Donald Gleason. He is the lead, but still he wasn't a name. Margot Robbie, who in like a year after this or even that year would blow up. And Vanessa oh, Kirby, yeah. who's starting to. So it kind of reminds me of people when they talk about like MCU casting directors of like how they found Chris Pratt. And the director's like, I don't know. I don't think there's any drama like this on this set. But it's just funny when you go back and look at these people who just have kind of these, you know, you know, five, six scenes, but now are become in even five years from now, this movie will seem a lot bigger. I don't think we'll ever get that. But if you go back, you'd be like, oh, Vanessa Kirby and Margot Robbie, who's been nominated for all these Academy Awards. And even Donald Gleason, I don't feel is a name that like my mother knows, but I feel like even eventually down the line, but like, this movie kind of subtly has like a really stacked cast. So a, a big shout out to her because casting is uh, probably one of the most, if you're talking about top five important things for a film, that's probably definitely up there. So, Oh, for sure. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I guess just because I do this show and because I watch so many films, I did feel that because, you know, this is my first time watching it. Mm-hmm. Had I seen this back in 2013, a lot of these names I might not have been familiar with. So it, it definitely, as a, a new viewer going back and watching it, I was really shocked by the cast. You know, these are names I feel like I hear constantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why don't we talk about some of your favorite scenes? Yeah, so I think, hmm, I'm trying to think, because I, I kind of wrote down three in general, but I think I'll start with, uh, so we went over, he gives, Bill Nye gives a talk about the time travel. That's a fun mm-hmm. scene in general, just because of the New Year's party, how how awkward that is, and then yeah, and then he goes <laughs> back and writes that wrong. But I think the one I like more, and kind of one of the themes I'll talk about as far as the movie being important to me is, so when he goes, Charlotte comes to stay with his family, he has this whole summer, and he has that scene where he clearly likes her and everything, and you get some fun shenanigans of him messing up the sunscreen and all this stuff, and then finally gets to the end of the summer where he's going to you know, ask her out or just see if there's any interest there, and she does the, oh, it would have been better if you asked me at the beginning of the summer, and then, or, you know, kind of in that time frame, then he goes back to, she's been there for about a month, and then he asks again, and she goes, oh, well, why don't we wait for the last night, and that's one of the things, especially, I think, more so when I was younger, but the two things I'd say are like my biggest problem in life of I'm a I'm super impatient person. Like the fact that all these movies have been delayed in real life, I hate because I'm still like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I could have seen Black Widow. So all the time I'm thinking about, man, like there's still like the anticipation to like Endgame or Star Wars Episode 7 or The Dark Knight Rises, these big geek movies I loved, I was frothing at them up. I could not wait. So I'm very impatient all the time. And the other thing is, I think more so when I was younger, but it's just kind of doubting yourself or doing the what if scenarios and that's mm-hmm. one thing i like about that scene and one it's a it's a fun scene but i like that shows especially this movie at the beginning we talk about has to do with dating and relationships i feel like anybody that's been in a relationship whether you ended it or it ended you always play at some point especially right after a breakup you play the what if game right you think about sure. like, oh yeah. what if someone didn't say this or what if their her family member liked me or this or like what if we met at this time like there's all these things and that's what i loved about this scene was it shows that maybe like not maybe we get the answer no matter what she, it just wasn't going to work out at that time because either she wasn't interested in him or she didn't want a relationship we don't get much backstory on her but for whatever reason she didn't want to pursue anything with tim and that's one thing that i took upon when i saw this movie and i always try to remember i think that's one thing that sticks with me why i like it is the movie is filled with that of you know what no matter how many ways you could have played this the ending could have still been the exact same way so sometimes it's worth to not think about that and just think okay that's that was the result and move forward with your life so i that that was one scene that really stuck out to me for for those reasons you know i really liked that part of this movie for a couple reasons uh one big one is it definitely busts a stereotype in some of the like I guess more formulaic rom-coms like mm-hmm. there, you know there's a point in this movie where he's trying to get Rachel McAdams character back because he changes something and then that makes them not date and so he goes back and it sort of feels a little bit like in you know movies where uh, a character has learned everything that the other character doesn't know he's saying mm-hmm. all the right things and it's all lining up but I feel like this movie does a good job of busting that you know that's not why he they end up together necessarily because of this other relationship because 
Margot Robbie, yeah, I, the way that I read her character, she really wasn't interested in dating him, and she didn't really have a great, like, a direct way of letting yeah. him down. <laughs> she was letting him down easy. She was being kind. Um, you know, she mentions almost seeing him as, like, a brother, and then uh, she goes, oh, maybe you should ask me before, which is really a nice way of saying, oh, you know what? I'm leaving now, and I mm -hmm. don't really want to get into this. <laughs> so he misreads that, and he thinks, oh, well, if I had just asked her in the beginning. So he does that. It doesn't work. Um, and then he's totally devastated. But I think it, it teaches him a lesson later on in that, number one, she was never going to date him. It, she just wasn't interested at that time. And then number two, it's almost like he was in love with the idea of her. Um, you know, she's gorgeous. That's true. But he seemed to think there was all this extra chemistry that they had that she didn't agree with. So they really didn't have. Um, so I think, you know, he learns that you can't just use time travel to make somebody fall in love with you. You know, that doesn't work. And the reason why him and Rachel McAdams do work is because, you know, he was sort of correcting a wrong that he did. He mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, manipulating her into dating him, um, but he was just fixing what he messed up the first time. And so it does, the movie, I think, does a good job of like staying away from like the, that cornier concept of just chasing the girl until she gives up, you know? <laughs> it's true chemistry between the two characters. Yeah, and they kind of mentioned that a few times, but Bill Niley, the dad, is like, it's not going to change everything. It's not going to fix everything. You know, it, it's a it's a tool you can use in your life, but you still got to live your life. And if technically, if you take out the time travel, especially because when that, and I have that coming up in a scene too, but when he does go back and, you know, helps out Tom Hollander, which I'm excited to talk about him because I love that character so much. <laughs> He's just like this, this classic little asshole guy that is like the lovable asshole. He just is like uh, Grouch or like uh, Oscar the Grouch, you know, that's the way I always yeah. Picture him. But the thing is, if you take out the time travel, he still would have met her and fallen in love with her. He wouldn't have gone to that play and changed anything, right? Time travel exactly. does factor in later on, but it's mm -hmm. more for it's almost like he makes mistakes with the time travel. So he only uses the mistakes in his time travel to go back and fix them. There's multiple times. The New Year's kiss, okay, sure, but that's nothing massive. That's just he felt bad that he kind of disappointed that girl, right? And she was kind of embarrassed. So he wanted to make her feel better and he kind of got some self-confidence. But whether it's that, whether it's even the stuff with his sister, he does go back to change things, but then he changes the gender of his child. So he has to go back and change that. So it's almost like he can only go back for, which, you know, jumping to the end of it, what his dad tells him, like, to go maybe enjoy some moments of his life, which eventually he realizes that I don't really need to time travel anymore. But whether that's uh, something that happens with his dad or just going back to relive that day, the time travel is a fun plot device. But really, I think, again, it's showing that even if you have these powers of time travel, living in the here and now is where life's at. And that's what you're going to cherish, you know, and that's where and like what's his what does his dad say? Oh, I've used it to read books. That's all he's done. He's expecting this grand answer of money and girls and all this. He's like, no, I've just read so many Dickens and this and that. And he's kind of like, oh, really? And then I feel like as we get to the end of that movie, he kind of realizes again, he says he doesn't time travel. But even if he did, it sounds like it would not it would be for these life moments, not to change anything, not to like he said at the beginning, get some money. And I think all that kind of establishes it in a good way. So um, I was a big fan of that scene. And I guess I could tie it in that because I was kind of talking about it, my second favorite scene was kind of the, the meeting between Rachel McAdams and him because I think there's fun stuff going on with his his friend Roger is like he, he's kind of like that's very tropey where he's just kind of like yes. a, at the beginning, very <laughs> slimy dude. Like he's just yeah. like making all these sexual innuendos and whatnot, which is I like at the end of the movie. They kind of I, I, I guess maybe I don't know if we need more time with him, but I like that in the background you kind of see like, OK, he's matured and he's not kind of a jerky guy anymore. You know, he's with his sister and he's kind of proper at the funeral so I like that you get like a mini arc you could definitely do more at that but I like the date I love all their conversations and I love there's also that moment when they see each other for the first time with the lights on I think that's such a hard scene to do in film and TV because like I describe it as this thing called like love air and it's this thing where people know it's like you've either had it before you're about to ask someone else out that also likes you or it's your first kiss there's always just like this like tension that you could cut with a knife and it to me it's stuff that happens in our lives all the time but I actually put that on screen i think they have this good thing of like they're joking around but they're both still awkward but you can both tell they like each other and mm -hmm. everything about that and then kind of to end that scene is i love that he does go back and change that play and that kind of sets the events of he you know screws up things with McAdams on his own front not because he did anything bad but i think it establishes it did it a few times but it establishes that he's a really good guy at the end of the day he's exactly. trying to help another because he didn't need to 
go back to help that guy because yeah he's letting him live there but he's a jerk to him almost at every turn he's a lovable jerk but still he's a jerk and even when he went back to fix the play he could have gone back again to unfix the play but he's still like no i fixed the play for him he's really happy he's having the success i gotta find another way to get rachel mcadams so he's just a very unselfish character and that's another thing i think uh, my last point in this scene is that it sets up that he is not using the time trial for anything unselfish. Yes, his dad says, hey, don't do that. But still, he's not, like you said, he's not doing the comedy hijinks of going back and getting a bunch of stuff about Rachel McAdams. He's just doing that because he got screwed out of the opportunity to be with her because he was just a nice guy. So I like that established he's a good person and he's not doing anything too selfish with it, you know? Right. No, absolutely. They do a really good job of making sure a lot of the highlights in his life where he really changes something big it tends to be for someone else mm -hmm. um you're right he doesn't benefit directly from fixing that that theater night but he recognizes that it's too selfish it's too cruel to just go back and fix it so that he can date uh rachel mcadams and his friend oh well he'll be sad and that's it he goes no you know it's worth it to me to keep both timelines kind of so he mm -hmm. he does the right thing and and i agree it sets up it sets the tone because in the first part of the movie i think he's kind of doing things more for himself right he's like oh man that you know that kiss i'm gonna go back and fix that oh i need to get margot robbie i'm gonna try three or four times and then this is the part of the movie where he starts really growing as a person and he He's kind of like, you know what? I, I think we can have both. I think I can make other people besides myself happy using this gift. And he just only gets better at that as the movie goes on. Mm -hmm. And then my final scene that I'll throw to you if you didn't, if I didn't hit any you had, but it's kind of jumping to the ending. And this is probably one of the sadder moments, but it's a happy moment, is the last time he sees his dad because... Oh, God, that killed me. It's, <laughs> I it's, was bawling. Oh, yeah. And it's such because I have a big relationship with my dad. And that's where I talked about, too, this movie kind of taking stuff from my life. And again, talking about the beginning of like weird occurrences, my dad, he, he's all healthy and recovered now, but after this movie, he had had cancer. And it's one of these oh, things that when I watched this movie during that or in those times, it was just kind of like, it's weird because I have that. I also have a close relationship with my sister and she had a close relationship or she has a close relationship with my fiance. So just that scene of them doing Halloween costume, they're together and then in the background, Kit Kat's walking. That was like my life. My Both my daughters are little redhead, uh, you know, bundles Aww. of joy slash monsters sometimes <laughs> whenever they want to be so it's that's where it's weird this movie is kind of it's it keeps happening where it's like this is also in my life this is all and same thing with my dad and that was the thing or like i said luckily now he's healthy and he's in remission but it was that scene is even if it wasn't if you're close to your father it just hits you home because it's it's a weird dynamic right of his dad passes away and Tim is sad, but he's not sad to the same extent everyone else because he still has that availability to see his father and talk to him. And even they have these lucid conversations of like, oh, what was, you know, what suit was Roger wearing? What was, the, you know, these type of things where it's like his dad is gone in a sense. But for him, it's not because his dad is like locked away in this little pocket. So when his when his wife, Mary, wants to have another child, it's this great dynamic of what do you do, right? Of if you have this child, you're going to lose your dad forever. And that's where it's kind of the same thing where he could have easily I talked about with my fiance if, you know you could say oh adopter you know you could avoid that somehow but I think it's almost like what his dad was saying you have to appreciate life and that's one of the things of he has to move on as far as he, he could find a way yeah sure to keep his dad there all the time but at some point whether even if his kids has kids he's gonna have to let his dad go so he has to be like everyone else and take that step but I love the final scene where he goes back and the second his dad wins the pool table game, you know, he knows that he, or not the, the ping pong table, he knows that he, there's a reason for it. And it kind of just, the slow realization, I think it's played very well. And just, that was a scene too. I still cry, but I remember the first time in the theaters, it was a mess. I'm in public <laughs> and they, they both go back to this just touching moment of. Oh, that, that, that when they go back to that one moment, I yeah. lost it. <laughs> yeah. And cause yeah. when there's nice buildup of, he just says, we go back and change one little thing. And I just remember the first time like, okay, where are they going to go back? And they walk to the claws and the claws taking a while. And it just shows, shows this mountain. You're just kind of like, okay, where is this? And then you see him walk out and then you see young Tim. You're like, oh Ugh. my goodness. And it just, it just hits you because it's just this again what this movie you know really signifies on is just these little moments of two and that's what this movie helped a lot when i had children i tried to do that too if we talked about before this podcast like putting down the phone there's so many times where I'll, I'll come back from work and i feel like i need to you know go on the phone check things i've missed but there's many times where i go you know what? no 
put that away. That's always going to be there. These little moments, I, I don't have these time travel powers. So I got to, whether it's with my <laughs> kids, whether with my my uh, partner, whether it's friends, I try to savor them a bit more because same thing with this pandemic. I do a podcast and we always podcast in the same room together. We I haven't seen those people in about two months now. So it's like a thing that we used to do daily is crazy. So I love that scene. I think it's beautiful. And it's just, it's such a great moment to kind of send off that character and that relationship. And I feel like it's the ultimate kind of pinpoint all okay tim's completely grown as a character because that is a that is a very unselfish thing to do because that is still like it's a unique situation but he has a power to keep his dad alive and he's choosing to give that up right so it's a it's a it's a fantastic scene yeah and i think it parallels a little bit real life in the sense that you know, these moments in our life are going to happen. We're going mm-hmm. to lose people and then we're going to gain people and uh, we're going to have all these experiences. We can't have them all at the same time. We don't have that luxury. There are things that we have to let go um, and it's very painful to let go, but it's part of being alive. So I feel like, you know, that's kind of what his character is learning. So even though we don't have the ability to time travel on some level, we can sort of understand what he's going through and we can relate to it. Yeah, no, it was yeah. perfect, perfectly said. Yeah. And that's that's, again, kind of what we talked about at the beginning, where it's like he has these powers, but at the end of the day, he still has to live life out like everyone else. So mm-hmm. was, there, was there any scenes that I shouted out that or that you didn't shout out or vice yeah, versa? There, <laughs> yeah, I had a couple that I really, really loved. One of them was uh, the in the wedding when um, he, you know, Donald Gleason keeps picking different best men. He said <laughs> it was just true. Like anybody that's ever been married knows that, you know, picking those two people, the maid of honor and the best man, that's really tough because mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And he goes through all that. And so we get this really fun scene of like what it looks like when he picks different best men. And uh, the ending one is with his dad. And his dad has a speech that really got to me because it, it, it really reflects something that I personally agree with a lot. And he said, you know, whoever you pick, um, you know, he was like, don't focus on just I think he says something like just how they look or how exciting it is. He said, you know, in the end, we're all kind of the same. You know, as time wears on, we all look about the same. Mm -hmm. So don't focus on that, but focus on that person being kind. And he said, my son, you know, is an extremely kind person. Um, And I don't know, that part really hit me. I was like, whoa, that's deep, you know. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. I feel that that is so true that, you know, I think some people, maybe why I have a hard time with a lot of rom-coms is because a lot of them fall into this idea of like, oh, we're fated to be, there's the one out there, the perfect one. And I've always kind of thought that that's not really true. This is just me injecting my own philosophy right now. But Um, I've always felt that there's probably so many different people you're actually compatible with. So I never really focused on that in relationships. I've always thought, you know, this is working really well and it's great, but it takes a lot of compromise and uh, getting along and and being good to each other and not focusing on like that one perfect person out there. And I thought he kind of summed up what I'm saying right now so much better than I can. And so I really like the way that he put like a neat bow on that idea. Yeah. And I think it's something you touched upon in the beginning of the podcast that I think a lot of romantic comedies do put forward of these unrealistic expectations. And these are expectations that I feel like I had right when I started dating, like out of high school, you do. Oh, think sure. We all do. Yeah. And I, <laughs> that, I think, I think movies do sometimes and shows kind of warp you a little bit, and especially too, if you have, my parents are divorced, but if you have other parents just like, Oh, all you know is they met when they were young and they've been together ever since. So it's like, Oh, you met the one, but it's just still, it is, it is, there's just the, it's a world of how billions and billions of people, but it is about choosing the right person and the right person for you and the right person for your life. And that's the thing, especially that's where I think it shows too, in a minor sense, well, look at Charlotte's character, Margot Robbie, where Tim wasn't right for her. And we don't know what would have happened, but let's say if he was single, there's a chance now in that point of her life that maybe Tim was the guy and she saw something that she didn't see before but the thing is he's on a different path now and i think that's one good thing that this movie does put forward of it is just you got to find someone that is right for you right for what you want to achieve in your life and someone that's going to support you because like you said it is about compromise it's not like the movies where and that's where i like there there was no big dramatic fight in this movie but there are little instances of you know the outfit choosing or the kids you know destroying the paperwork or when they do deal with the dad being sick of you 
you need a support system, not just somebody that is kind of good on paper that you think kind of checks all these boxes. The ultimate box is just, does that person care about you? And do you care about that person? And then that's, that's pretty much it. If you got those two things, you're kind of set, you know, hopefully you're set. So, and obviously people evolve and change, but that's the main goal is like you said. And I, I do like that. He goes back because and I liked that perspective because he talks about it, but then we actually get to see him being like, Oh, that first speech was rubbish. You know, I could have done so much better. I didn't even say I love you. He's like, Oh, you said it. It's like, no, I didn't really say it though. And I like seeing that of him actually going back. So we kind of get this nice little like minor, you know, showing of you know he still does this on a regular basis of if there's something that he feels he maybe screwed up and he did say mostly books but it shows that if there was something really important to him he will go back and give his son and his new daughter-in-law a, a better moment than maybe just kind of have taking a few little jabs at his son and making a nice cute speech which was the first speech was fine but he just he just kept kicking himself because it wasn't good enough so yeah no i i agree and i think you know, he established that he, like you said, that he doesn't time travel a lot. So that meant a lot to him. And I mean, we've all been, you know, either in a wedding or at a wedding or part of a wedding. And man, those things are high stakes. And those speeches are stressful. Like who wouldn't want to go back and redo a speech Mm -hmm. every once in a while, in you know, at some capacity. So I really liked that moment. I thought it was really beautiful. Um, Let me see. I, I know I had one more scene that I really, really liked. Oh, I liked uh, the way that his relationship with his sister um, changed a little bit because, you know, we get a scene in the movie where his sister um, gets really drunk. She's in this horrible relationship with this guy that she met, ironically, at his wedding. um, And then she drives drunk and crashes. And Donald Gleason's character can just can't bear to see her like this. And he goes back in time and stops her from ever dating this guy and tells her, you know, you need to make better choices. He takes that huge risk of like telling somebody else about his power. Then he tells her to make better choices. And then she does. And then it changes the gender of uh, the baby. And so he, you know, decides to go back and let her go through that experience. But it's not really selfish, number one, because I agree, you know, changing somebody's entire identity, using your time travel power is not a good idea. Although I will say in the show, The Flash, <laughs> that happens in one of the episodes and then they're just like, oh, well, that person's mm-hmm. different now. And I'm like, <laughs> that felt weird, but okay. Um, so in this movie, that's not acceptable. So he goes back and changes it. But I also thought that it was an important moment for him too, because he really shouldn't be manipulating people's lives with his power um and i think even though his his sister made a some bad choices quote unquote i would argue she just had a terrible boyfriend Mm -hmm. but um you know regardless of how you view that he felt like he had to go back and fix her and fix her life and he really didn't need to because you know she didn't pass away in in the in the accident it was a jarring turning point for her but she needed to go through that. She had to have that experience and that growth. And I think ultimately, I think she's better off for that because then she's coming to these conclusions on her own instead of him going back in time and fixing them. So I felt like the the scene was kind of twofold for me as to why I liked it. Yeah, no, those are great points. I, I agree completely because it is just, it seems that would be too easy, right? Just to go back and, oh, she's with, uh, oh, I can't, I always forget that. Oh, she's with Roger now and everything yeah. like that. And uh, it, it just seems like, okay, I, I guess you could do that, but that is robbing her of, especially too when she just comes back and she's like, oh, I have these feelings for him. Or was it, oh, I'm screwing them up. Uh, it's Jay, sorry. Jay's the f- best friend. I keep, Roger's the uh, lawyer friend. My, uh, my, uh, mm-hmm. my mistake. But uh, so it is almost robbing her too of, you know, she's had maybe, you know, four, three, four years, however the timeline is. Cause I think they say the movie takes place over like eight years or something, but she's yeah. just in love with this guy now. And that would feel, you know, I guess that would be nice, but I personally wouldn't want that in my life. And she gets back cause she's just happy because she's been terrible issue. So she, that's one thing. She has that conversation with her uncle and she's just says, I, don't think i'm ever gonna get married and he goes oh why is that and she goes just men aren't kind you know and that's where it's just like that's just a sad saying that's where it feels like okay at that moment she would be fine to be in love with jay but i think it's more fulfilling to let her actually discover that itself he plants the idea of hey my friends always had a crush on you maybe you should have you know a conversation with them and then she kind of gets this idea of oh jay like really and then you can kind of see oh okay, maybe there's a little crush there as well but again when we were talking about before with the kind of romantic stuff he goes back the gender swaps everything like that but he has to 
nothing changes again. She, with their help, they stay there and say, oh, we're going to stay here until we help you figure out what to do. But the time travel didn't change her. She still had the terrible accident. Luckily, nothing terrible happened to her, and she changed on her own with some help, you know? So the time travel again showed him as far as, yeah, you could cheat and go that way, but then also there was a repercussion of you mess with life, like in any time travel movie, right? You mess with the time, it messes back with you. So, And I liked that, too, because I remember when the movie, when I saw it the first time, I was really worried that was going to be a big dramatic plot point. But Me I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought, it was gonna, oh, it's going to be about this kid, or maybe how do we change this? It literally was just five minutes of like, oh, you can go back and fix it. Just don't do that again. And now you've learned, like, you can't go past the birth. And that's, like, a good rule. I, I like that the dad was kind of like, oh, I guess I forgot that. I feel like the second he had kids, that should be the sit down like hey by the way don't go back to a certain point anymore but <laughs> I, I i i agree with you i liked all the layout for the the progression of both characters and i really like kit kat she's such a minor character but there's one just such a just such a great just feels like a good moment of when he's trying to get rachel mcadams back and it's her and vanessa kirby there at the art show and he he's trying to make up excuse why to walk with him he's like oh and i was here for my sister but she's leaving and she's just in the background like she checks her watch that isn't there and she's like trying to like slink away and i feel like we've all had those awkward moments especially if you've ever been like oh, the yeah. wingman to somebody or wing woman to anybody where it's just like <laughs> you set up and now you're kind of supposed to they're have they're they're hitting an officer you're supposed to slink away you don't want to be the third wheel so i think she just has like such a nice little presence and again much like the father it feels it feels they have that bond, the casting, the acting, they have that chemistry. So, yeah, that, that was a great scene to shout out. Yeah, and I think she's such a different personality from him and from mm -hmm. a lot of the characters in the movie. I think everyone else is sort of stable and, um, you know, easy to predict. And she's kind of a wild card. And that's just who she is. He can't go back in time and fix that. So I think he has to learn how to accept her as is and to let her go on that journey and have those growth moments. And she does. And it's not perfect. It's not exactly like he makes a joke about her, her mothering skills later in the movie. But uh, he he can't change her. And he doesn't want to. He just loves mm -hmm. her. He just had a moment where he almost lost her. And that was horrifying to him of course it made him want to use his powers to help her but he learns that you know he can't play like puppet master in everyone's lives he's kind of got to let them make their own choices and um i think her being kind of chaotic like that is it, you know it adds a fun moment in the movie i 100 percent agree with you i was so scared i was like oh no the rest of this movie is going to be trying to control his crazy sister who's like going back in time all the mm -hmm. time and you know chasing her around or something i was like oh, i don't want to watch that movie but yeah it's like every time you think the movie might go a certain way it doesn't and i think that's mm -hmm. why it, it feels so refreshing and so um just so unique and in a lesser movie too i feel like you would have the motivation for him going back as oh i just really don't like her boyfriend he's a pain or he's a bad guy so i'm gonna set her <laughs> up with even then too the idea of jay just kind of happens in this going back in time so it does give him that idea to plant the seed but still they have to meet and have a relationship he's not forcing it but in a lesser movie it would be like i want to set her up with my best friend or oh i just really don't like her boyfriend you know i gotta change this it is just like you said it's no this accident just happening almost loser so maybe at the start it is a self reason but it's selfish because he just doesn't want his sister to pass away or have anything sure. terrible happen so it's not right. it's that a comedy hijinks of she's with the wrong guy it is like no her life's at stake i had changes he goes back goes, okay this is not the way to do it how else do we do it? and it's a regular life way of him and mary sit there and go we're not gonna leave until we figure out a plan to get you better whether and they kind of like insinuate that maybe she's gonna get some other help she's gonna be watched yeah. you know things like that but that's that's the way to go about it. and again not time travel it's just those two sitting down and be like okay how are we gonna how are we gonna fix this so yeah and in a realistic way for mm -hmm. sure and then the last thing that i really liked um Oh man! Oh yes, my my last favorite scene that I really enjoyed was that one day uh, where his father. I think the last piece of advice that he gave him was that you know go back and even when you mm -hmm. have a bad day, go back and relive that one day over again. And there's a scene where he has this horrible day in court, and you know he's kind of frustrated he has that moment at the coffee shop where he's like yeah 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 ring me up i i want to get out of here and then he lays down in bed and he's like that was horrible but then he wakes up and goes you know what let me do that again and he redoes the whole day and he's got this brand new perspective of the entire day all the little things that annoyed him he takes time to be kind to the lady at the coffee shop and thank her and be in that moment mm-hmm 
he makes jokes about the client being a jerk and they laugh about it. They win the case, so it really wasn't a bad day to begin with. Um, and so he enjoys winning the case instead of just being upset. And then he lays back down. He's like, you know what? That day wasn't that bad. And I think that's something that maybe we can all relate to right now a little bit because we probably had so many petty little things that were annoying us daily that now we're like, gosh, I just wish I could stand in line anywhere mm -hmm. right now, you know, and uh, be annoyed or get my order wrong or whatever because, you know, these are little moments. You should live and be present. And I think a lot of times I, I took that to heart because I think that's something that I also struggle with. Um, you mentioned earlier, you feel like you're impatient. I think I'm pretty impatient as well. So it's hard for sometimes for me to just enjoy the daily mundane mm -hmm. little minor annoyances. But I thought that was a really powerful scene and a, and a really, really good message. Yeah, it's exactly like you said, like I was talking to you about before. It's like, all I want to do is go see, you know, a movie and have that back. And it, like that day in this movie is like, I want to be at the drink fountain where the guy's taking too much long to get his lid on. And it's just like, I wish <laughs> you would just put down the other pop and you could get that lid on a bit quicker. But maybe in this instance, like, oh, you know what, maybe I go help. Or I'd say, oh, it's just maybe do that. And it's just one of those things where when you're you just get caught up in so much with life because you have like you have a husband myself i got a fiance you got a job you got life you have family of friends you it all just kind of becomes this big blender and that's the thing where i do like that scene a lot because it takes the blender as far as okay you're going through the day you're trying to get to the next point get to the next point but this is okay stop the blender and to actually see what the ingredients are and see why you put them in there you know why you're having this drink and that's what i i think it's a great scene and it's something that i do try to remind myself obviously we're not all perfect. there's so many times where i might be rushing something or something might be like oh this is annoying but when you gotta think about it, especially now versus three months ago things that are a lot annoying or things that i you know were oh this is a pain now i wish those things were back you know or i would think about them go, you know it's not that bad back in a few months ago go oh this day like you said kind of what he did he's like oh this was a really bad day but when he looks back on it it wasn't that bad yeah there was some there was some lesser moments but at the end of the day it's you know they're just moments in in one whole day they're one you know an hour and yeah. 24 hours it's you we know, tend like, to focus on the negative sometimes mm -hmm. yeah. you know we, we tend to laser focus on he was so upset but he forgot about the moments where you know, that woman was being so lovely to him mm -hmm. at that coffee shop, which I think was kind of a powerful, you know, moment there. Because I think I, I and so many others, you know, when you're in a hurry and you have to get lunch and you only have like 20 minutes, there is a tendency to be, you know, not ugly, but definitely not friendly. Like you're like, OK, thank you. Well, mm -hmm. do you need anything? Nope, I don't. Just give it to me. And I'm kind of like that. And so that moment kind of hit me, too, because I'm like, oh, man, somebody who's going out of their way to just be so kind and sweet to every human being that walks through the door you know how hard is it to slow down for a quick second and be like hey thank you um yeah, so i thought that was really lovely yeah and that's why when you asked me about this movie as far as recommendation that's why i was i was trying to find something but more but it is uh, one of those movies that's kind of like sneakily that because like you said the beginning yeah. we talked about <laughs> is that kind of you know romantic adventure he has to find a girl but then after it does become about life evolving but then also comes about appreciating these little things and that's why i was like okay well once you see it i hope you'll see what i'm thinking here with this one because it is is something that i hope that when we all get back to regular life i'm gonna i know especially at the beginning i'm gonna think that but i hope further on like the first month i'm gonna cherish all these things again right but my goal is now again in the second month the third month six months from the year to still go remember what it was like during that time remember when i just went from work to home work to home and you did nothing you know remember when you didn't see family members you know you know don't don't take it all for granted i think this movie luckily this movie's plot was not about a pandemic but it kind of has those feelings and has those themes of just you, you never know when things could go. It's an old saying, I mean, you know, appreciate what you have and stuff like that. But I think I think you need that reminder every once in a while because we're not perfect. you got so much stuff on the go. You need a little reminder. And I, I think About Time uh, kind of does a good job, of that, especially near the end. It is more about uh, just life in general. Okay, so that kind of, do you have any other scenes that you wanted to, to run through? No, I think that I, I also had the day one as well going back. But yeah, I think you hit on many of them. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any. And I think the other 
it's I guess it's a scene we've kind of talked about already, but just minor stuff in the middle. It's kind of like a trademark of his. He did the same thing in Love Actually, Richard Curtis, but is the ending when Tim's doing the narration. And that's the other thing I got to mention too. I love the soundtrack in this movie. I love the soundtrack, mm-hmm. but also the score because it has its own theme. And you know, unless you're a huge big blockbuster, sometimes I find it's rare to have a theme, but it has a theme that's consistent throughout the movie. Has variations, but. It, they do this in love, actually, when Hugh Grant's talking about love and whatnot, and all these characters are meeting at the airports. But then after it switches out, it's just showing random people meeting at the airport, like hugging, embracing, kissing, and seeing yeah. each other in a while. And I think they do a good job of that, too, as far as showing, like, living your life. This movie was about romance, but it doesn't mean your life has to be about finding the person or finding the one. They show Roger just with a good book in the park, and he's loving life. He's laughing to himself. He's eating a sandwich. He doesn't look like he's bald at all. You see Vanessa Kirby, she takes that big bite of that donut, and she's just like, <laughs> her, she, her eyes roll back, and I, I love the scene when Harry, who's played by Tom Hollander, like he, he he's just such a little jerk because he throws his arms up. He throws this like thing in the garbage while he's walking down the street. He like dunks it in like a basketball way, and he throws his arm up, and in the way he kind of bothers some person but at the same time it just shows that this is little thing of you know he made this shot into a trash can that he think it was gonna and he just celebrates in that moment that's why i like that yes it was about family and romance and all these things but i also think that in the background it's especially the same way love actually because love actually the opening has he uh, hugh grant talks about 9-11 and it's funny like i said this is not a movie that was about pandemic or anything but that movie is kind of in response to hey you know love is all around and you got to just cherish that and that's kind of this has a similar slant but i think it's more about life in general and this one isn't about you got to find love it's just got to find what you love in life and that's why i like the show and then they show just random characters they're walking down the street they're having a lunch on the patio of their place and just showing people living these you know could be mundane things but they're enjoying the moment and i do really like kind of just that montage of people slash characters that we've seen and just showing them just all happy doing different things yes awesome well okay so that kind of brings me to my last couple of questions for you then Uh, kind of just to summarize what we've been talking about in this past hour uh, what about this movie do you love so much like why do you think you return to it so many times uh, how, how would you summarize that I think kind of what I talked about uh, over the podcast I think for me the two things are the personal reasons as far as just the theme and it strikes a chord a lot in my life as far as certain characters or for certain situations and just certain things that like I said I dealt with the thinking about what if scenarios or just thinking about like oh what if I did this or what if I did that or you know I think they play on that really well and they show that you're on a path on life and you know, no magical power is going to stop that. So it's best to go with the ride and enjoy it. And I think that's the biggest thing that also, I think it is a perfect film that I, I always, I think we watch it more because it's a film that also another personal reason I just have it linked to this woman that I love because it's a movie that she wanted to see and we both quite enjoy and everything like that. So we always watch together, but I, I usually at least watch it once a year, sometimes more. And I think it's a great kind of pick me up movie. I think it kind of has everything for everyone. You know, it is, it is a romantic comedy, but it's not in the sense that we talked about where it just feels like it's these tropes or cliches that you've seen a thousand times. It even has a sci-fi element. It has many things that I, it just kind of hits everything I like as far as I love the characters, I love the story, I love that it is just the story about a life. Or like I talked about at the very beginning about this couple, that is just what would it be like showing a couple just living a life? And that's what it is. And I think they do a good job because on paper, that could be really boring of just showing them falling in love and showing them go to dinner showing them you know buy a house yeah. meet the parents which i love that scene as well when he has to go back and they're doing this prep of like how are you going to talk to the parents things like that because we've all had that yes. moment as well and that's the other thing <laughs> very relatable. in general even yeah even for me it's like i relate to some of those what if scenarios but everything in this movie has situations where like i said the weirdness of the family everyone has maybe maybe it's not their sister but everyone has someone in their family like kit kat that might be the black sheep of the family a little bit different than everyone else right mm-hmm. that for me that was my uncle jerry it's like he was very eccentric and out there he worked for Cirque du Soleil so he was like always kind of like a kooky guy when he came around <laughs> but he always like loved him and you knew that you're in for a good time so I think it just has one for me personal reasons but just hallmarks of it hits life and two we've kind of talked about it so I won't beat over the head but I think it is just always whenever I put this on it is a good reminder of you know what yeah I do I do gotta just slow down a bit and just enjoy things because things even now this is a very terrible situation but things Things could always be worse. You know, I have a ha- I'm how ha- I'm I'm happy. I'm healthy. You know, the people around me are healthy. And obviously, again, like this movie, at some point, there's going to be a family member of mine that's going to pass away, this and that. But I will dread that day when it comes. But I'll also try to cherish the moments that I have with them and cherish any moments I have 
coming up and that's kind of the movie is just kind of just think about what you got and appreciate it and uh just just enjoy life as much as you can because you never know look at this like obviously some people have passed away but you never know when you just might be forced to be in your house for months you know <laughs> so w even now it is tough but just try to Try, just try to cherish what you got. And I think that movie or this movie is always a reminder of that. So. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I think the message of this movie, even though it's about time travel, is to live in the present and why that's so important. You know, why it's so important to be present to the people in your life, um, to take in experiences as if you could time travel and skip around. You never know when you're having the best day of your life, you know. So it's it's like mm -hmm. be present. Um, what is your pitch to someone that hasn't seen this movie before like how do you describe it to to new people you want to convert <laughs> Ooh, that, that that's tough i i because it, it is it, everybody i have always told to go watch because like i was telling you uh off cast just not a lot of people i know have seen it, but when i do tell them most people come back glowing recommendations i just try to say it's a movie that and it sounds hyperbolic, but we'll have everything going for you. It's a movie too that I always pitch for people. If you are kind of maybe a little bit down in the dumps, it is a good pick me up, whether you are single, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're in a bad relationship, I think there's something for everybody. And I think there's kind of like we talked about is when you worry, they're going to go a tropey cliche way. They don't, they flip it on mm -hmm. their head they make something special. They make something unique. And that's, and it's just my elevator pitch too is, do you want to see a romantic comedy that is not the norm, that is something different? That's usually like the two-sentence thing. And then usually most of the time is if people are a little off the bandwagon, like, ah, I don't know, when you throw in the time travel thing, that works. I think the time travel gets people in the door, but then I think the characters, the stories about life and family, that's what makes people stay. But I think the elevator pitch is uh, a romantic comedy you've never seen before with some sci-fi elements that will, at the end of the day, make you appreciate life a little bit more, hopefully. So... And, and and some just enjoyable, fun characters. You know, I like even the uh, the uncle that, you know, is, uh, has some health issues. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Harry. He just has these great insults. But even that character, he uh, when the dad passes away, he becomes relatable and he's very, you know, sad. And he has some words of encouragement. I think it is a movie that captures the greatness, mundane thing that's called life. So, yeah. Oh, that's that's a good answer. I like that. I think, yeah, I would just say, like, I don't think this movie is necessarily what you think it's going to be about, but it's hard to say too much because you don't want to ruin it at the same time. Yeah. So I would just <laughs> say, like, if you liked movies like Love Actually, you know, for weddings and a funeral, those kind of films that on the surface seem like they're just rom-coms, but then usually have like a little bit of a deeper message that this falls under that category. So if that's something you like, go ahead and check it out. And I agree with you. There are some sad moments in this movie. Um, but at the same time, the overall message is just so positive. Uh, I think it's a good watch for, for, for what's going on right now. So I do recommend it. Well Oh, you know, I just hope, yeah, if anyone does watch or had watched it, I, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Because like I said, it's a, not, not a big seed movie. It's not a big flashy movie. I know, too, and some people might see it and be like, oh, about time. Like, I've never even heard this movie. But sometimes those are the best little sneaky ones For that sure. get in there. So, and, like, same, same thing. And that's where, I guess, the, my last thing, too, is if uh, I wasn't with the person I'm with now, I wouldn't have seen this movie. Aww. And it's one of my favorite movies. So it's kind of a weird thing that, like, because I'd never seen Love Actually before. And I, I not that I had any reason not to, but I was kind of similar as you for rom-coms. I'll go out of my way if people say many great things about our actors. I love in it, but with love actually, I kind of heard people say, "Oh, it's a little, you know, it's a Christmas kind of kind of cliche romantic comedy," which I do like that movie, but it is it is a movie that I would have never seen without her. So I I hope if you've seen it that you enjoyed it. Oh, for sure. I yeah, I think I think a lot of people will enjoy it for sure. Um, so Travis, thank you so much for coming on, for taking time out of your day to to be on my show. And I, I really enjoyed having you. And I hope um, you pick another movie because I think you should definitely come back. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I've heard, have you ever done The Shining on your show? I did. Uh, I actually saw oh, it did? with okay, my good. dad, who was the person that introduced me to the movie. So we saw it. We went to Alamo Drafthouse. We saw the movie. Then we came home and we recorded it. So I have, unfortunately. I love that movie and I love talking about it. I never get tired of talking about it, but we have already covered you got it. To do, <laughs> so you got to record an episode with yeah, your dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to, I've been trying to find the right podcast for me and my dad to do. No, I was happy because I think I was listening to Batman 89 and you mentioned Shining was your favorite movie. Yes. And I was like, well, if you hadn't done that, then I have to because that's my favorite horror movie tie with Nightmare on Elm Street. But no, I'll, I'll definitely come back. I had a great time. I'm looking forward to working for you in the future, whether it's with this or whether it is on the network. So, but uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I had a great time. I, I love talking movies. I, I love movies because they give you little experiences like this and just good conversation, and especially this is why entertainment movies in times like these are things you turn to, right? Oh, things that can make you warm inside or make you forget about stuff. So no, I had a great time. Thank you very much for having me on. I was, uh, it was an honor. Thank you.